What kind of music you like? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the one and only super exciting all entertainment podcast, Silver Emotion Podcast. It's cool. I like it. Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Silver Emotion Podcast. Uh, my name is Will, and um, I'm here with uh, Stephen. Hello, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> I'm excited for this episode. You're excited for this episode. Why might you be excited for this episode? Well, it's it's Project Aco. It's yes. a very exciting movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is one of one of your favorites. I yeah, think. this is this has long been one of my favorites. Uh, one of my first uh, anime films. First of, and favorite. Yeah, it's uh, it's always going to hold a special place in my heart, and uh, excited to show it off to. You see what you think of it. Uh, I, know, I know I've uh, talked a lot about it before, but uh, we did. We talked uh, about it on the on the yeah. first one that you did. Yeah, and uh, uh, I don't remember what the fuck we t- <laughs> we said. So <laughs> yeah, it may, we uh, may repeat. We may not. We may. And I've I've written a review of it on the site you itself. Did. So you did. There's. I kind of feel like I've put my own opinion out there already. So I'm I'm kind of <laughs> eager to see what yours is on this. <laughs> yeah. So. Again, I never know where to start, <laughs> but um, what should I say? I, I, sh- I guess start with, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's good to know. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I was kind of uh, surprised when it started because, you know, like visually, I mean, I don't know. You sent me screenshots and stuff, but I, I don't know however the fuck long ago that was. Right. So it's not really in my brain. And I remember, like, as the movie went on, I remember, like, oh, yeah, he did talk about this. But when it started with the space stuff, <laughs> that kind of, like, threw me because all I ever think of is I think of, like, the girls in the school, like, sailor outfits. Right. And and <clears throat> it's just like, oh, wow, space. <laughs> and, like, 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 real deal space, like, sci-fi stuff, not even just... You know, right, it's not like right. comedic anything. It's just yep, like, yeah. That opening is pretty uh, straightforward and and down to earth. Well, not down to earth because it's space, but right. <laughs> down to space, <laughs> yeah, up to, to space. space. It's uh, <laughs> very kind of, I guess, serious in a way. Not yeah, not but, totally, but I mean, it's definitely not trying to be humorous in those moments. It's, yeah, it's well, just setting the stage there and being straightforward about it's, it. It surprised me that it was space. And then you don't necessarily expect a movie that you've talked about. Oh, it's it's it's, it's you know quintessential anime comed- comedy, and it starts off with a f- fucking like meteor <laughs> <laughs> destruction of of a whole region. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I've always found that scene funny just because of <laughs> the, the okay. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, okay. It's like they say okay like so many times in that scene. And it's just like, 
what is like they run down a checklist and you'd usually expect like check check no it's just it's okay it was like it's like breaker check breaker number one okay it's just like okay okay like permission from mothership is okay i'm like what <laughs> like, so i've i've always found that scene humorous anyway just okay and I, i'm not sure that it was intentionally humorous in that aspect but yeah it's always amused me that they just keep saying okay over and over. And then there's one point where they just say Roger and it just throws me out. I'm like, what? you didn't say okay. You said Roger. Why? Yeah, I don't, I don't even remember them saying okay, to be honest. I was so like, like processing that it was, oh, wow, this is like sci-fi stuff. You know, it, it just, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of surprised me. It's kind of unclear early on just because it is kind of futuristic and there's like little bits in For the school sure, yeah. scenes that have these little like robots running around in the in the courtyard at school. The, yeah, and there's a little like bit of that. Just little hints of it, but it never at least for that first half of the movie, never really goes into it other than there's just clearly this gigantic sci-fi tower in the middle of the city and Yeah, and and like they do explain in that intro like when they're like it's been 16 or 17 years however what you probably know um i'm, I'm gonna guess it was 16 <laughs> quiz <but laughs> i'm gonna say 16 i don't know the answer so you're right <laughs> um but it's been all those years and then they say something about like the technology they were able to you know rebuild everything oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and so i got the sense of every time i saw some like futuristic shit it was just like oh yeah well they're like super tech people so of course right you know because there's something where there's like a something coming up from the ground and it was like wow like <laughs> and it, the logistics of of putting in this thing that would come up from the ground and i don't remember what it was but it was in like a like a house <laughs> Again, oh, oh, I need some yeah, fucking details. Probably, uh, but it was probably Biko's mansion, which I always just wrote yeah, yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Biko is freaking rich as it hell. It was, so. yeah, rich plus technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can get, do anything you want. So yeah, I was I I was intrigued by the the idea that it's sci-fi. I shouldn't be so, so surprised because anime. I think there's there's a definite uh leaning towards a lot of sci-fi in anime yeah. and that seems to be a it's a very common genre for anime to dive into yeah robots uh, and yeah there's stuff <clears throat> like that so i was i enjoyed that of course i like sci-fi mm-hmm. i think that's been established <laughs> at some point so, somewhere in the history um, of silver emulsion we've discovered that you like yeah, sci-fi that i like sci-fi <laughs> and that i like colors <laughs> it was on some episode i yeah there are colors in project yes. aco it's, it's yes. pretty vibrantly colored honestly it was yeah um so i like that and then one of the the biggest things that intrigued me about it was that aco uh, the girl Aiko, right? She has all these like superhuman abilities. Yeah, <laughs> she can run, and they show her like running so fast and jumping from rooftop to rooftop, and it's very like over the top. And you don't really see other people doing that, right? Right. So I just had this sense of like, oh, she's, it, and it gave me like a wusha sense. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, oh, there's normal people, and then there's like this superhuman girl, yeah, and they yeah. never really go into that. They they 
don't. And they, I don't care that they, they don't. They kind of hint at it and provide like weird little like sub things. You you can like piece together yeah some stuff from her that's that's fun and and kind of gives some background to okay that, yeah i don't know there was a part where where they introduced more of the space stuff right and i thought like oh shit that's why she's superhuman and then they like went a different direction with that right I, and so that surprised me i'm pretty sure that was intentional okay and i've kind of tried to avoid talking too much about that when i talk about the film because yeah i think of that as like one of the big like the twists to it it is that, a big twist yeah that you you're it's set up to make you think echo and, and definitely yeah. and then it just kind of like twist ah, yeah. like, oh wow okay right and i i don't i didn't care it was fine right right you know it was it was definitely surprising um so if that if that was the intent yeah they it's, succeeded yeah and i'm it, it's weird to figure out what the intent on anything in Project Echo is. Yeah. Um, because apparently uh, there was no script. <laughs> I ran into that when I was looking at the Wikipedia or something. And after I had seen it, it, it made sense because it is kind of just like this series of events. And there's not right. like a uh, story beginning to end. There's, there's story for sure. And there's things that get introduced mm-hmm. and they, you know, play out. But, like, it does seem like they were kind of, like, just escalating it as it went on. Right. And I was, for this time, um, I actually just watched it with the director commentary track. Oh, okay. I, I didn't just watch the movie straight because it's like I've seen the movie you know so many times. Well, it's like, yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch the director commentary. I only have seen it once before okay. and years ago. So I was like very fuzzy on that. So, so you're coming like, in with some knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Some knowledge. <laughs> and that was, that was one thing to get, cause I say director commentary and that's a little misleading in that he, he was the, he wasn't the actual director of the film. Okay. He was the director of the sequels. So he's the director uh, of uh, the second, third, and fourth Aco films. Yeah. Um, he's but for this film, he was only um, the writer, the character designer, and the animation director. Only. Yeah. Only. Only those three things. Only. The, only those three small little uh, <laughs> jobs so, that yeah. you know a, a monkey could do, right? Not not <laughs> the director, but clearly heavily involved. Yeah. So he was so and and director still kind of fits because he's the animation director so it's like yeah which is what always throws me trying to piece together anime credits is there's always like half a dozen directors of various different things and yeah i always see that as like this hierarchy of management where right there's like an overall guy overseeing everything and then there's like yeah. an animation guy overseeing those however many people and then there's like this guy directing this and that and and you know they're all working right. together, but I mean I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's just how I envision just, it. Is this I, sort of? I suspect it's kind of like that, and it's just it always just throws me off trying to uh, put it together the, it out, the yeah. credits for like when I'm writing the review. It's like director. Well, who directed it? Um, there's like six directors, but they're like <laughs> different kinds of directors. Yeah, so a yeah. lot of times it's like a a kind of a hunting match their like wild goose chase sometimes through the credits to yeah. try and find just okay who's the actual just director of everything yeah the dude at the top yeah so it can <laughs> so sometimes i'm just like i don't freaking know i can't tell this is so weird well if you ever get it wrong i 
have faith that the internet will tell you that you're wrong. Because <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, the, you know. the internet is good at telling people they're wrong. They are. We don't really get a lot of, of negative feedback at Silver Emulsion. Yeah, we tend to get the polite people most yes, of the time. Yes, which is nice. Yeah. I, I'm surprised. Um, I feel like you haven't made it until you've got a lot of people telling you you're wrong. It, yeah, so it's, a, <laughs> it's maybe a sign of failure. Rather right, than, uh, right. Maybe, maybe but you I, want the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I always get like, oh, somebody <laughs> is negative. <laughs> I get all excited. <laughs> um, but yeah, honestly, I, I like that it's not negative most of the time. Yeah, so it keeps things pleasant. Yeah. It makes you happy to read the comments and reply to them rather than... <laughs> right, like, right. What, what do I say to this asshole? <laughs> 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 but, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so there was no real script. I guess he kind of uh, outlined the first third of it. And then, okay. like, then he just storyboarded things as it was going. Like and just kind of stuff. Yeah, and it just... I guess, I guess it was just... It was all ad-libbed, uh, like so much of, of it was just ad-libbed. You only had wow. the vaguest of notions of where it was going while it was in production. And it's it's a very wild and crazy production behind Project ACO. Yeah, it started as a like a hentai or yeah, adult it, anime. Yeah, it was going to be some kind of porn. And then it just at some point got upgraded to a theatrical thing and things got switched around and i i don't think i'll ever really understand the process that went on yeah i wonder how <laughs> like what is yeah how did that happen yeah it was just so bizarre um but yeah very strange somehow it got turned into a film and it, it's such a unique movie that yeah even though it's in some ways it's just so characteristic of anime yeah that's like, what you were saying like it's it's kind of like yeah a it's foundational it's kind of, sort of thing yeah it's it's a primer course in anime is what it is. like everything that happens in it you'll see somewhere else in some other anime okay remind you of Aiko or and and going through this commentary track really drove that home in that not just stylistically and what it parodies but just with the actual creative staff on it, like all through, he was like, "Oh, the guy who animated this scene now works with Gynax, and now or now does it." I'm like, "Oh, holy crap!" Like everybody in oh, this wow. movie is just like branched out. Like this was like the rookie film for like dozens of people who are like wow. now pretty big in the industry. And That's it cool. Was, like it's kind of like an all star cast or like <laughs> of of creators, not yeah, of, yeah. of actors. That normally you think of that for actors, but this this is uh the big shots that actually animate things. That's are, cool. At the so, beginning. Yeah, at the beginning of their careers when they were still young. And so it was kind of like this strange, like perfect storm that brought about Aiko. And he's kind of he's kind of describing these things that fed into it and it ties into so much random crap that it was just like, oh wow. Um, a lot of the core staff had worked on Urusei Yatsura Okay, which the, was, the series? Yeah, the, which, although the movies are a part of the series, too. There's oh, okay. really no distinction, I don't think, in terms of creative staff or anything. It's just one had a theater budget and was longer, and the others were TV episodes. Okay, things. okay. And um, those are comedy, yeah? Yeah, those are very much in line with the tone and style of Project Echo. Oh, okay, cool. And so, if you, like, it, it'll seem, if you ever watch Ursa Yatra, it will be very familiar 
in style to right. what Aiko does and the, the type of humor it has and everything. Cool. Yeah, I remember when you reviewed those, I was intrigued, but I never, I don't think I could hunt them down or whatever at that time. Yeah, they're kind of hard to track down because they're kind of, they're out of print and it's such an older series that it's not at the top of anyone's list to really check out. I mean, hmm. Netflix has a few of them, or actually I think they have a lot of the. I watched, wound up watching most of the series from Netflix okay. discs, but they're still missing like a, quite a few it's of the discs. one random so. disc in the middle. Yeah, it's just yeah. every once in a while it's just missing some. I mean, the series is so huge. I mean, it's like 40 some odd discs of it. Holy shit. It's like, oh, it's like, I think it's close to 200 episodes in the main series. Jesus. And then, then there's the movies, and then there was like a short series afterwards in the 90s of it and wow. stuff. It's just cranking that, them out. That's yeah, that's a huge series. It's I think it's the first huge series that Rumiko Takahashi made, and she does the manga of it, and it's it's I think pretty much at least the main TV series is pretty much just adapted from her manga. Okay. And each episode is just a chapter of the manga and it kind of goes on and that was one of her first really big ones and she's got this whole weird romantic comedy stuff that she always winds up doing and Ursa Yatsura went a sci-fi route with aliens and oh cool uh Ron Mahaff was her other okay big one and that one is romantic comedy mixed with martial arts and kung fu oh okay so you might get a kick out of that one in that everything is a martial arts battle in in Ron Mahaff if I I had known that when I was a teenager I might have actually (laughs) looked into that yeah you might have that was one of those animes that was just around and was like what is this Ron Mahaff thing you know yeah I mean it seemed like it was popular yeah it's one it's one of her big ones it's one of her huge long series i've honestly never really been sure how to say the title is it ronma half ronma and a half i don't you know <laughs> oh man I, I thought you were the knowledge i, I didn't never knew how to say it either well so it's I also thought, well, like if it's japanese like like how are we translating that they're going to have a completely different yeah uh, true uh format for adding fractions to things <laughs> like yeah, i don't yeah. know but one of, perhaps one of the earlier like what the hell is this in english titles of anime does a lot of that now where uh-huh. the titles are just like what the flying fuck am i with <laughs> but so ron mahaf probably one of the early ones i just say ron mahaf because it's shorter than saying ronma and a half or something but yeah it is a quick way to say it's just, it, yeah. it it's faster it's simpler and i don't think anyone really gives a shit so right well yeah u.s uh, people you know yeah they know it by probably that so yeah why not so she did that um and her- she worked on project echo um she did not, but a lot of the staff that worked on the anime of Urusei Yatsura okay, okay. worked on Project Aiko. Um, and this was kind of, it kind of came about because of the Urusei Yatsura TV series, which was at first directed by Mamoru Oshii, oh. who went on later to do, of course, Ghost in the Shell is the one yeah. he's big known for, um, and a bunch of other weird movies. Like, And he's kind of this weird art house director but he at first was doing this this stuff with uh Urusei Yatsura yeah and he at some point quit the job of directing it he left that and what uh Yuji Moriyama the uh guy on the uh uh commentary track here okay uh so not quite director the, yeah uh the writer character designer and animation director and, and director okay. of the okay. sequels so 
Um, he was one of the staff on hand at the time. So was the actual director of Project Echo, Nishijima. I can't remember his uh, given name, but I can't help you. Yeah, it, <laughs> I'm, I'm blanking on his full name, but Nishijima. That's half of his name. Okay. Um, he was also on staff with Urusei Yatsura. A lot of the the core original creative staff of Project Echo was on that uh, team that was doing Urusei Yatsura. Okay. And when Mamoru Oshii left, they were kind of just demoralized. He was kind of the, you know, he was the director. He was in charge yeah. of that whole project and had been highly influential in what everyone was doing on yeah. that project. And so he takes off. He seems like a big visionary type of guy. Yeah. He's, that, like, he's, inspires people. He's very visionary. Just watching his movies, you can just tell that right off. Yeah. And, I kind of have my theory that he felt a little too constricted doing an adaptation yeah, of somebody this, else's thing. Yeah, of just this one series where he had no real ability to modify it and you can definitely tell in his cuz he directed the first two films of Urusei Yatsura. Okay. And you can Is that his first I think those like, are his first, first theatrical okay. uh, direction. I think those are his theatrical debut as a director are those two films and the first film, you can kind of just see these these tiny little hints <laughs> of the artistic style he would use later on. And then the yeah. second film, it's like even more intense. And I, I get this feeling that he just wanted to spread his wings, so to speak, and, yeah, and yeah. do his own sense. thing. And working with Urusei Yatsura was just too restrictive as to what the content was and what he wanted to do with things. So he took off. Yeah. And that kind of left this hole in the staff with Urusei Yatsura and it kind of left the the people working on it a little depressed and so they wanted to get together and just do their own thing and so they just they started hanging out and just <laughs> brainstorming this ridiculous idea that snowballed into Project Echo. Huh. And so it's kind of odd that like Mamoru Oshii has this huge influence on this film yeah, and, yeah. and there were points where um, Moriyama's talking about like scenes that he would do in project Aiko and like he would do them like thinking of advice that oshi had given him oh, working cool. in urusei yatsura and thinking like there's this um the shot in specific is when uh that he was talking about was um biko when she's waiting for Aiko and there's this trail of ants over her shoe like she, okay yeah and like she's just been waiting there that long like <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, yeah. that freaking dedicated to this this duel this squabble <laughs> she has with Aiko that she's gonna sit there for long enough for ants to form a trail over her shoe <laughs> and I that's how I had always just taken it as just this kind of goofy thing like that's how obsessive she is yeah and he kind of says like I'd kind of meant that like because it cuts very quickly from that to a scene of the students walking into the school. Okay, and he's going. I, I was doing this as this meaning like this is how she sees the rest of the students around her as just insects that are oh, just, okay. you know, like she's huh. just looks down on everyone like that. And I was like, oh wow, that's like I never even considered that. And but he's like he did that because that's something that Oshi had always told him is that every shot should have a meaning. There should be a purpose oh, wow. behind every shot. And so he was trying to inject meaning into all of these different little uh, moments cool. wow. and it was just like holy crap like i i wouldn't have expected to connect eiko into mamoru oshi in that way yeah and, and there it is <laughs> it's just like holy crap that's cool so it's it seems like eiko is just the hub of every major anime where like somehow it's like they've 
like you play the game of like how many steps from <laughs> yeah. one actor to another actor or something. It's like it seems like Aiko would be the hub for anything anime related. Like anything anime related goes into Project Aiko <laughs> somehow. Like how many steps from Project Aiko? That's funny. You know, like, and I mean, if nothing else, Tesho Genda is in here. So and he's in like freaking every anime ever made. It seems. Um, and he, who is that? He plays D the spy okay the trench coat and stuff yeah yeah and, and so he's the voice actor for d and he's the voice actor in like dozens of anime he has a enormous filmography <laughs> like at some point doing the reviews for silver emulsion i noticed like he's i'm always putting things. his name in the credits oh, that's funny in the credits. like like who is this guy he's in everything it's like <laughs> and, and sure enough he's in project echo wow of course he is <laughs> he's in everything yeah i'll have to look him up yeah, I mean, just just type it in on the Silver Emulsion <laughs> search bar, and you'll get like a just a huge oh, list wow. of all these reviews I've made because he's in so many things. Cool. Like even to this day, he's still working and doing wow. more modern anime and just anime, or is he in movies too? Regular. I movies. don't know of him in any live action stuff, oh, but okay. it, it wouldn't surprise me. But I only know of him in anime, and yeah. in a way, it would surprise me because his anime filmography is so huge. It'd be like, how are you doing this on right, top right. of all these <laughs> anime? Like, I don't know, maybe it'd be like those Hong Kong films of like yeah, Chen Che putting out like what nine movies in a year or some crap like that. I don't know that he ever put nine, but he I think there's a couple of years where he has like seven in a year, which is you know that's pretty nuts. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, that's, that's a lot of films to put out. So. Yeah, but. no, they yeah they crank them out. I mean, part of that was the the Shaw Brothers production, like. uh I don't want to go it too deep into it, but they basically never went to sleep. <laughs> like there was a, uh, I read some story about the writer's room there was just eight hour shifts all night long, oh, never wow. ending, just all the time. And so you'd come in for your shift and you'd go out and you'd come, you know, and like the writing would never stop. So they were able to just like constantly wow. pump out scripts for the movies and everybody was on contract, like old school studio like Warner Brothers back in the 40s or whatever. So, like, the actors just showed up to work, and they're like, okay, what are we doing today? <laughs> and they always had something to film, whether it was this movie or that movie or some other movie. So wow. so they just Dang. cranked them out. <laughs> and the quality was always very high. Wow. Good old Shaw Brothers. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. <laughs> yeah, you... I can't even imagine anybody like that now. I mean, people now take five years between movies and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and Cheng Che has like got a hundred some movies that he put out, and they're like <laughs> all great. Not all of them, but I mean, pretty much very high level of quality. Right. Wow. <clears throat> it's impressive. Yeah. That it is. So. So yeah, we're uh, so so we can go on to yes, oh yes, how how Project Echo was formed, yes, how it came about. That's right. So, uh, somehow I was going into that and then got sidetracked. Yeah. Well, however that happened, tangents, but <laughs> but yeah, so it was like it kind of started with Oshi leaving and the guys kind of wanted to. To put this together, this thing that they, that just to to follow with what they had wanted to do, that they and apparently what was going on at the time in the industry as a whole was that this was when um, 
the concept of the OVA was just starting. The direct-to-video releases okay. of anime were just starting. I, th- I think the first uh, direct-to-video anime was probably like 83 or 84 or something. All right. And Project Aiko is 86. It's only like a couple years after the this, the first one would come out. And so there was suddenly this whole new avenue of production. And that meant that, like, so the TV studios were hiring up, at, like, animators as, as much as they could to get the best talent they could. All right. You know, there's theatrical ones. Like, everybody is trying to get these animators because now there's this whole new avenue of it. So there's a whole new production trying to find animators so suddenly there's a shortage of staff for anime production because now they're putting out these whole new things and so they're going around looking for just freaking anyone to fill the damn role yeah so they're getting these uh rookie uh (laughs) animators who've who've never done any high level work before and they're just like just get somebody to throw it because we're making this anime. Just get somebody out there because he was like talking about like there's there's no script for Project Echo per se like and yeah like who the hell publishes a film when it doesn't like who the hell's gonna be your producer when you don't even have a script it's, you know it's and, pretty rare yeah and it was just because of that particular moment in history where there was this shortage of animators and skilled animators and they yeah. were just like. We're gonna run with whatever we got, That's and crazy. and so there's kind of this is kind of this era of anime where you get these kind of really shitty direct to video releases because uh, apparently so much of the staff <laughs> was just so inexperienced wow. and just like some producer was just like we're gonna make an anime and like hire some people <laughs> oh well these are the best we could find <laughs> that's crazy and so and so Project Echo is one of those I thought it was a theatrical it kind movie. of it I. Well, it's I believe it was a theatrical release, but at first oh, it, being, started, it started as out the, oh, as okay, this okay. this porn thing was obviously not going to be this theatrical. Well, maybe it would have. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. There were, the porn theaters are a thing, or at least used to be. So they, Yeah, back then. So, so maybe it would have, but it w- I think it was originally intended to be a direct-to-video, and it later got upgraded and expanded into this theatrical okay. release. So I think that's what happened, is they that's were just I, hurling I everybody you. together. So these guys were depressed. They got together. Did they, their first thought was like, okay, well, whatever. Let's draw some porn. <laughs> like that was their first thought. You know, I've, I've never really quite understood exactly what was going on behind the scenes on how the, the ideas originated. Yeah. And even with this commentary, I'm still pretty damn fuzzy on what was going on in their heads when they were like, let's go make some porn. Right. Well, on the Wikipedia, I believe, is where I saw it, there was something where it said it was originally going to be part of such and such series that was a a porn anime series. And so now you're talking about, oh, the studio's trying to get this and that. And I'm thinking, like, maybe the studio was making these things and they said, hey, what do you got to make this porn anime? And then they were like, well, we got this kind of idea. We'll make your anime. And maybe it kind of then spiraled into that. Yeah. it. it I don't know. That's it, it, as likely as anything. It's, it's, it just, I'm just trying to understand yeah, this, this. We may never understand it. Because this... The production of Project Echo was so chaotic and, yeah. and ridiculous, and in a way, that's why it turned out as good as it did. Right. Well, like a lot of good art, 
like compromise and weird situations and coincidences all like collide yeah and bring about this amazing thing and that that's definitely what project echo was in that it's it also became this kind of um this kind of thing that the animators wanted to be a part of because it had so loose rules it had no rules to it. so there were these <laughs> so as as much as there were this, these rookies who had, hadn't done much yeah they were also very talented rookies who were you know they'd gotten people who were very like they had the talent yeah. for it that's right you said all these the guys it's like their first thing yeah, but they're, de- they're but like, they were good. They were good. Yeah, it's like they were they were good at it right from the start. Or it's like even when they were inexperienced, they yeah. had this spark to them that they really got going. <laughs> but part of it too is that a lot of other animators who were good and established wanted to be a part of it because it didn't have these rules attached to oh, it the way okay. other because they wanted to draw porn too yeah <laughs> i guess they wanted to draw like just different i don't know it's like how yeah how much of that that just they wanted to draw porn but i just wanted to know like i'm curious how far along it got in that process yeah i'm not sure when the switch <laughs> happened but i imagine it was fairly early but I like imagining that it's it was yeah. way <laughs> like into later, it like, when they got all these guys on, and then they're like, "I guess we should make something w- of worth." <laughs> I will say that some of it actually got animated when it was intended to be a porn. Oh, okay. And one of the few scenes that has actually survived is that the bath scene with Biko. Okay. Where she's just in the bath and fantasizing, so that was actually yeah. animated to be a part of the porn oh, okay. when it was still intended to be a porn. Huh. And, so it got into like production phase. Yeah, so <laughs> they it, weren't just spitballing <laughs> in the back room. So yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like I don't know how far along this got before it switched gears. Yeah, that's funny, and I, and I don't know what caused it to switch gears or how that went about. Yeah. I, I am, I kind of imagine in my head that they just were coming up with so many weird ideas and then they just looked at it and went, wait, half of these aren't porn. Uh-oh. I guess we aren't making a porn anymore, guys. And, yeah. And yeah, it probably was natural. I kind of imagine it being that way. Maybe, yeah. you know, just who knows? It was such a weird thing. But Yeah. So it had all of these, these just talented people just conglomerating onto it just because they wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. And... Because one of the other things he talked about was that comedy was going out of style in the industry at the time. Oh, really? And that they were that it was starting to go away, and everything was getting more somber and serious, and everything had to be like more like dark and, and yeah, yeah, like serious toned, huh. and everything's got to be realistic. And these are animators, like I want to draw something crazy, and so they're yeah. like, I want to work on this Project Echo thing where I can just do something wild and crazy. Okay. And so everybody wanted to be a part of it, and so they just had all these people doing all sorts of random things. And <laughs> one of the hilarious little anecdotes was a guy who had worked on a couple of TV series before. Yeah. But when they when he applied for the job, he said he had no experience at all. <laughs> like he like it was known for being such a like rookie production wow. that he was afraid that he wouldn't get hired if he had cred. <laughs> so he much. was like it's <laughs> like I'm gonna lie and tell them I haven't worked on anything because wow. they might not hire me if they know I'm actually experienced and <laughs> stuff. And he got the job. So and, hey yeah, it, it worked. <laughs> I guess <laughs> But one of the other weird things about this, what happens because of this, every scene basically is animated by a completely different guy. Okay. And that really feeds into what makes 
Project Echo special and what I really was noticing about it in this watching of it yeah. is that every scene, even though it's like re- like it's a very looped story. Like there's definitely yeah, there's a cyclical things. nature to yeah. it. And it's kind of in a way reminds me of like Wiley e. Coyote or um Okay, yeah. Um the other one that's uh, Tom and Jerry that yeah that, yeah that it's always the same situation but it plays out so differently every time that you still get mileage out of it yeah once so, you know like the players and the general setup right then I mean, they can just, just sort of and it's just like like there's the loop for the first half of the film where Aiko wakes up late right. runs off with Seiko runs over D yeah gets to school gets in a fight with Biko and then that just happens just, over yeah, and over and going, over. Yeah, but yeah. every time it happens in such a different way right. that it's, it it's, remains interesting. Yeah, it definitely doesn't get boring, even though it's the same thing. You kind of become accustomed to it and like you're enjoying seeing like, oh, how does it play out this time? And like whenever they would run over that guy, <laughs> I was always excited, like, oh, what's gonna happen to him this time? I don't you wouldn't think that gag would stay fresh. No, that's that one long, of the best. I like that one. Like every time it's it's different enough and interesting yeah. enough and and elevated. Like ev- it escalates every time. Right. So it it really like it's funny every damn time it happens. Yeah, and he just <laughs> keeps getting more and more fucked up like the next day. Yeah. <laughs> I I really like that. Uh, it just until until the point where it can subvert itself as the, like the camera yeah. pans around the street and he's nowhere, and then it just pans <laughs> over to the side. Oh, he's off the street. He's like, why have I been standing on the street this whole time? Right. <laughs> like, I should have been standing over here from the beginning. <laughs> so it it's and a lot of that is because somebody is different is animating each of those scenes so they're bringing their own style to it okay okay and their own little like gestures there's so many just little tiny gestures the characters make during conversations with their hands and uh one of the ones that i keep noticing in this film and i've I've noticed it for a long time and now i was really paying attention to it is seco blinking oh really it like huh it it stands out to me because it's animated so well the way she blinks it's so smoothly animated it's like why are you putting so much effort into her blinking like it's better animated than the movement she's doing while blinking <laughs> like, wow like, like there's, and there's something Morian was talking about there in that this he kind of called Aiko a animator's anime and okay. it was that the animators were and this is what i mean by like rules that they wanted to get around and that they just didn't want to put up with the limitations that other studios were forcing on them and this is my speculation at this point but that like that's where the blinking comes from some dude (laughs) some animator was just sitting there like i'm tired of drawing these conversations and nobody blinks like it's yeah people blink why don't i I keep telling the director and he's like no we don't have the budget just don't make them blink it's like but people blink i just want this damn girl to blink damn it i could see that yeah and so he like puts the time and effort into making her blink just because it's something he's wanted to do in his whole career and just never had and like nobody would let him and now he can make them blink. I can see that guy. He's all pissed off. <laughs> like throughout, every time he's watching, he's just like, nobody's blinking again. <laughs> and and now there's a, an anime where she freaking blinks. And Does she blink throughout the whole movie or just the, in she, the little parts kinda, of it? There's a couple of conversations where I uh, where I really, really notice, notice it. it. That's and where that guy was just yeah, like, like, just like, <laughs> like I'm gonna make her blink. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I'll have to go and look at the blinks now. I'm interested. 
and and so it's, it's it's really weird that that is like the thing because normally that's the thing you would cut out first that's the thing that would be least harmful to this to the show yeah and, yeah and it would speed take, up animations so. yeah and it would take a lot of effort to do it and it's like her blinking is the best animated blinking i've ever seen it's like why is <laughs> why is that so good and it's just, yeah and it was just so it was kind of like this where the animators were just animating what they wanted to animate and how they wanted to do it without and the director wasn't like right he wasn't forcing enforcing them, some yeah. kind of vision he was the vision was just like yeah let's fucking have fun and do whatever right, we want right that's it was, cool it was just like the whole freaking production was just like a goddamn party going yeah, on or something that's awesome. and because you get that feel, there's like an exuberance to this movie yeah. like throughout the whole thing where it's just like exciting and fun. Right. And it, you really feel that passion like it, come through. It definitely bleeds through into the finished yeah, it's, project. Yeah, it's cool. And it, it's such a fun movie. And I think half a, a good majority of why it's so fun is just because the animators themselves were just so into it. Yeah, and, you can feel that, like that they cared about it and they're interested in it. And like you're saying that oh they're they're all rookies and it's it's uh, produced under these circumstances that might be called low budget or whatever, but right. like if you didn't say that I would think <laughs> I mean it's pretty damn nice looking yeah I yeah, I, mean, I would I, never have thought that yeah I'm not sure it's actually low budget so much as just it just had a bunch of okay. situations that you would normally associate with a low budget production, oh, okay, okay, but okay. I'm not sure the budget itself was actually low that I actually don't have any real idea on. Yeah. I don't know it, anything about anime budgets. So. It seems honestly kind of extravagant. It's one thing he was talking about is like, I don't re like in the commentary is like, I don't really remember there being a cell count limit. Like usually you work on an anime and they say you can't have more than this many cells because yeah. it's, you know, their cost analysis and all this crap. Right, right. And it's like, and it's like, I don't remember ever talking about that at all. We just did whatever the hell we wanted more cells. We put them in. Like, wow, just, okay. So I'm not sure. So maybe they had a pretty good budget going. Uh, where that to the point where they just didn't have to care about that, but because it is definitely a very well animated film. Yeah, it definitely doesn't feel like they were cutting any corners or anything. No, I mean, it, it looks it, really it kind nice. of the opposite, and precisely because the animators were trying to do these little things that they always wanted yeah. to animate but never could because of these budget restrictions. And that's and cool. Now they just they got to cut loose and do whatever the <laughs> hell they wanted, and they were just like, "Yeah, let's do it." And so there's there's tons of things that weren't in the the storyboards or whatever, like just tons of little gestures that uh -huh. um, Moriyama didn't even come up with. That just the animators just threw them in because they wanted to, and yeah. it was just like freaking whatever, let's run with it. Like he was saying, the characters don't um, always look precisely the same in the scenes, and that normally what the character designer does is he comes up with these sketches of the characters in different poses with different emotion like expression okay. so you'll have like the angry face from different angles the, oh, okay. the happy face and then the animators go to that and they copy that or they use that as the model okay so there's always these model sheets of this is what the characters are supposed to look like and there's they were very loose to that in project echo <laughs> compared to other anime which really tries to always stick keep it, to lock that it down, yeah. and that oddly enough kind of reminded me of ren and stimpy uh -huh. Where apparently, um, I've, I've totally forgot who actually created Ren and Stimpy, but John Keg. Yeah, John, okay, John Keg. There we go. <laughs> now you got the knowledge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I guess what he told his animators was never draw the same face twice. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and, you, and thinking back on Ren and Stimpy, I was like, yeah, I can see it. Like every scene in Ren and Stimpy, they're, they're animated right, they, totally different. Yeah. And that's kind of what you get in Project Aco because they weren't being so tight to the models. Every animator took their own spin on the facial expressions. Yeah, and for sure. so, again, it's, it's like that whole cycle with D. He gets run over in a different way every time. <laughs> And at the same time, like every time you see the characters react to something, they're reacting in a different way. And so it's new and fresh. Every moment of the film is a completely different experience in a way, even if yeah. it's something you've seen before in the film. Yeah, there was a thing where Seiko, the little girl. Right, the blonde one. Where she cries, and she cries a few times. She does several <laughs> times over the course of the film, yeah. <laughs> and the first time it happened, it it was, you know, I enjoyed it. It's a funny visual. And then I think it happened again, and it was relatively the same. And so I thought, like, oh, that's funny. I, I hope that, you know, they keep that going. But I remember thinking, like, at, when it happened later, like, oh, it doesn't look quite the same. <laughs> And it's still fun, but I was right. surprised by that. And so now you're, you know, you're filling in the knowledge here. And so now I know, like, oh, okay, that's probably why. Right. Because they're not, like, trying to hit the exact same thing all the time. Right. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, to speak of Seiko crying, I, I do love that moment when she's in the classroom. And this might be the first time <laughs> where she just does a little... <laughs> <laughs> just like the build up to it yeah, and yeah. then the, the burst and it was just like just the timing on that scene was just yeah. brilliant but it's a, it's a nice looking cry with the the little <laughs> the waterfalls arcs, yeah. arcs of, of of tears coming out yeah, yeah it looks good yeah and <laughs> I, I i'm glad to hear you, that you enjoyed that and yeah that, i did oh, I'll, like seiko is the parody of the really obnoxious whiny girl that you'll get in a lot of anime. Yeah, there's a lot of whiny people in anime, whiny (laughs) girls. And so there's there's a a potential of her just being more of that, just irritating. Yeah, no, I didn't get that at all, really. I I enjoyed all the characters. You know, I didn't, I wasn't annoyed. So I guess that uh, sets me up for (laughs) round two of more anime. I mean, not that I'm against it, but... Yeah, it's but uh, if I if I bought into this, then I guess you know. Yeah, this is kind of the the door testing ground. Opening yeah, this a little is more. this yeah. is the gateway. Yeah, and, yeah. Aco is the the you know marijuana is the gateway drug to <laughs> <laughs> other things. Aco is the gateway to other anime. <laughs> of the, this is this is laid the groundwork. Yeah. So you can be prepared for. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon I'll have a tourniquet on my <laughs> arm and I'll be come on. <laughs> And give me this the weird shit. Because <laughs> yeah, this is honestly one of the more mild of the weird shit anime. Yeah, no, I got that sense, definitely. Because I've seen a few that were more on the weird end of things. Um, not, I mean, you've described some fairly weird things <laughs> that I definitely haven't reached, you know, that level. But But this felt more tame or... Not like it, it was aimed at kids, but just more, more wholesome. I don't know how to describe it, but just it didn't go off the deep end. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. go really dark. No, it doesn't go dark. Um, Aiko and gen- generally the comedy anime doesn't necessarily go dark. Okay, as, in terms of like it, it's not going to turn into Hellraiser kind right, of. Right, right, right. 
damn so, it. <laughs> no, I, not that there is an anime that does. It's just right, usually right. not comedic. Yeah. Usually. Right. When they cry is actually very comedic and horrific simultaneously. So okay. It's, that, that one's a good one to go for if you want <laughs> horrifying and humor at yeah, the same time. Yeah, that sounds time. fun. That, that sounds one, fun. That one will alternate between just jocularity and levity and, ju- and then just going dark as shit. Wow. <laughs> just like... Write that down. Yeah, that one's that one is a good one. Now, when um, you say the title "When They Cry," I just see Seiko crying. So <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's selling it or not selling it, but I, I, I'm leaning towards watching it. <laughs> it. It won't look like that, but there will be. Damn it! There will be moments. The comedic moments will look like that. Yeah. And okay. Then, and then the tragic moments will be like, "Oh my God, what the hell?" <laughs> like, you know, it'll be like the girl with you know chopped up bodies buried in the in the junkyard jesus <laughs> so it, it bounces back and forth between that yeah and, and anime can do that quite well so wow one, one of the things i like about anime is its ability to jump between those things yeah and that's to me i see that a lot in hong kong movies as well and i don't know that it's an asian thing i think it i think of it more as like a not american thing i don't know if it goes more into european cinema because i'm not super big on european stuff right um but i feel like like i know hong kong and in japan also both have this like love of mixing tones and smashing things together yeah and i love it I wish uh, more things were like that, but I guess there's a whole world of there. There is a whole world of anime, <laughs> of anime <laughs> and all that stuff. That. Yeah. So, and so I, I'm. So I guess we've kind of touched on this already with the facial expressions. With, yes. With Seiko crying is okay. definitely one of those, and just like in general reactions of characters and the way their faces distort, and like things. wild distortions and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Right. And 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 again, Aiko can be somewhat my it's actually fairly high up in there but in terms of like other comedy anime it kind of it it's nowhere near the uh leaving of the realms of anatomy that <laughs> other anime get into yeah yeah um but it, it definitely has that where their faces will just distort and like seiko opens her mouth and it extends out past <laughs> the rest of her head <laughs> you have like the the fun lunch episodes where she'll she'll make lunch yeah <laughs> i like that one where they're i think they're like on the grass or something and eiko eats something and then she just like falls yeah. over and then Siko's like oh it's not so bad let me try it and then she fucking falls over <laughs> yeah it was fun yeah I, I i yeah i like I I like over the top stuff like that. Yeah. Um I don't need things to be you know, if it was like fucking World War Two movie saving Private Ryan and all of a sudden Tom Hanks is like, you know, fucking big mouth or whatever. Like, yeah, okay. That doesn't necessarily match what's going on and like I like mixing tones, but it has to work too, you know. <laughs> right, right. Like you know, if, if it's realistic, keep it realistic. But but um, I think it works uh, here. Like I I couldn't see it being any other way, right? And still being everything that it is, you know. 
Right. Like it's a big part of it, and I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm down. I'm open to it. Right. So I'm I'm curious how much of the parody you caught of what it, I you obviously you must have caught the fist of the North Star. Uh, I don't know with, with Mari know. of the. Okay. The huge yeah. giant girl of being a, a parody of that makes Kenshiro sense. Yeah. Fist of the North Star. I, you know, I didn't think of it, but I just thought, you know, I just thought it was funny, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't think of of it being a parody. But now that you say that, it's like, oh yeah, totally. That is exactly <laughs> what it is. Like uh, that's great. And there, there's tons of that all through there. Okay. And a lot yeah. Of it no, is I didn't get most of it. Reference then. to things that like American audiences wouldn't be. Any yeah. Familiar. A lot of it is Leiji Matsumoto parody. Okay. Um, so Captain Harlock, uh, Galaxy Express kind of stuff, like the captain of the aliens. Yeah, he's he is a total parody of Captain Harlock. Okay. So he's there's a lot of so if you ever see anything Harlock related, you will instantly be reminded of Aiko. Okay, the, cool. The captain there. Yeah, um, I haven't seen any any Harlock stuff. Yeah, but Harlock's always got the cape. And he's, yeah, I've seen him. I know what he looks he's, like. He's so. always got the like the goblet of wine. Okay, okay. Drinking and and they kind of so that was the parody there of the yeah. just take Captain Harlock and, and turn him into an alcoholic. Yeah, and, yeah. Just, <laughs> which apparently was kind of ad libbed in. That wasn't that was one of the things that wasn't in the the script. <laughs> that just kind of like he was storyboarding and just like yeah. oh uh, uh, sure he's an alcoholic. Go run with the next thing. What's going on? Like just. <laughs> Like so much of it was just like hurled in at the last minute, and yeah. Like I guess the the little scene where Biko does the uh, baseball uh, s- signs uh-huh. when she's calling out her her buddy, and then just suddenly has the baseball cap in the middle, like <laughs> just doing the gestures. Like apparently that was something the animator just did, and like Moriyama like had no. It was just like what? Oh, okay, okay, I guess you did that. Sure, whatever. Like sounds good. Like, like I guess <laughs> just. Just different things like that. Like so much of it was just the animators just throwing their own crap yeah, in there. Um, that's cool. There's a, a lot of Macross parody in there oh, too. Okay. Um, With the space stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's um, that scene where they they attack the alien spaceship uh, the first time. Actually, the second time too was kind of a, a Macross. Parody, okay. But um, the first time where they send out the ships to attack it in, out in space. Yeah. And there's all they shoot off all the missiles and stuff, and the ships are all launching and from the docks and stuff that was a uh apparently animated by one of the animators who worked on macross oh wow so it, it ties to macross <laughs> well, there you go it's there like it's go. just it, like everywhere you turned it was everything was just somebody from here or a parody of this wow. but, but that scene itself is kind of a parody of a lot or of just parody that of genre the, yeah of kind of just yeah and specifically of just macross of how the okay. ships launched from the and oddly enough like the interior shots of that were apparently taken from gamera like they they actually like one of the Gamera movies apparently like <laughs> yeah so it ties into freaking Gamera. What? How does? <laughs> uh, how do you say oh shit in Japanese? What what do they take? Like from when Gamera? the when those uh, fighters are launching, yeah. like the interior shot of the bay that they're docked in. Apparently that was from one of the Gamera films. Had a spaceship looking like that and. Huh. So I think it's one of the ones we haven't gotten to yet in in terms of our Gamera watching. Yeah, I don't think we did anything one of the, in space. One of the later ones, yeah, because huh. Gamera hasn't gotten into space much yet. But well, I, one well, of the yeah, Gamera he, movies yeah. will look weird. Like that. And t- wow. So they were just they were taking ideas from everywhere. Wow. 
and he was he was talking about that like you can't make anything like Project Echo anymore because there's so much like copyright restrictions. Oh uh, yeah, like licensing, and, and it stuff, was yeah. so loose back then, and the re- the regulations on that that yeah. they just threw in any idea they wanted, and now people would just get upset and throw lawsuits uh, and all this shit. Yeah. And it was just like, man, he's like, I wish I could just go back and make something like this again. You just you can't do it anymore. Yeah. It's, because they would just throw in whatever the fuck crossed their mind and without even thinking about it, just like, do it! <laughs> and, and that's what makes Project Echo so charming in a way. Is just That's cool. It, it's ability to just do whatever. Yeah, just throw whatever. I did, one of the things when I, because I heard about this movie when I was a teenager, it was a big anime, mm-hmm. and it always confused me because there's a Jackie Chan uh, couple of movies called Project A, Right. And so I was like, Project Aiko, what is that? From- <laughs> like, this is weird. And then it finally dawned on me, like, the connection. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, like, oh, they're making use of a similar title because Jackie Chan is very popular and Project A was very popular in Japan. But in Project A, they're they're like sailors they're members of this royal police force and they wear little sailor suits <laughs> and so i thought oh okay so the the girls are wearing sailor suits and they just like it's just a reference to that little bit of of project a it, it might be i've i've heard that the title of project echo was a, a reference to project a okay and that and i was like i don't really know i haven't seen project a so yeah. i'm not sure I, so I couldn't make any judgment on how the story or anything in the story, but that is kind of f- interesting that you found a uh, connection there. Yeah, and I don't know that there's anything else. I haven't seen Project A since I reviewed it, and that was probably at least two or three, meh, two years ago. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah, the so. beginning of the 80s. So Yeah, fuzzy. Yeah, your... I'm pretty far back from that. I mean, I've seen it a bunch of times, but my right. memory is not the greatest <laughs> for things that happened beyond you know right so but yeah that's that might be an interesting cuz the sailor suit kind of project echo i think kind of set that in motion it's such an like iconic thing of that as a anime thing. now and i i think echo kind of started it yeah um, well well like schoolgirls in japan wear yeah, it is that a kind of a thing, right? There, there is the sailor fuku that they call it is, and that is, and it has been a kind of a typical high school uniform for okay. uh, girls in Japan going back to like the forties or even okay. earlier. Wow. I'm not sure. It, it's been a very long-standing part of yeah. society. It's kind of like the Catholic schoolgirl uniform here that we yeah, have like in the, the West. Yeah, like the basic thing. Yeah, and it's just much more formalized in Japan and and more noticeable i guess but it kind of kind of took off as this kind of this symbol and not that eiko is the first anime to ever have that in it obviously but i think it's the first time where that the sailor uniform became iconic okay um the only one i can think of older that kind of does that is sukaban deka and that, but that one does it in the a, di- a different style. It does it in the navy blue style, where they have the long sleeves and it's all dark. Oh, okay. And yeah, then yeah. there's white trim instead of the all white with the blue trim. Yeah, yeah. And that uh, Echo uses, where it's a a, bl- a brighter blue, and so the there's that there's this different type, the Sukaban style of it that okay. I, I think of it as, where they just have the darker uniform and it's usually long sleeved. And I mean, Urusei Yatsura kind of did this, wound up doing this both ways as well in that 
there was this difference between the summer and winter uniforms. Okay. And in the winter, uh, Lum, the main one of the main characters of it, or in the other girls, would be in the darker, long-sleeved one. And in the summer episodes, they would be wearing something much more like Aiko wears. Okay, that makes sense. And not going to wear the short sleeve stuff in the winter where right, it's snowing right. and stuff. <laughs> right. And I, but I think Aiko kind of kicks it off as iconic to it because Lum is very iconic in okay. anime. But when you think of Lum, you think of her in the tiger striped bikini. Okay. That's, that is what I. Well, maybe you do. I <laughs> <laughs> but any image you see of her that's just like, here is a, an artwork yeah, 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 of yeah. Lum. Here is this, the production art. This is the. the marketing material whatever right it's always her in this like the poster and right all this, yeah. right all the any cover art you ever see of it very rarely will you huh. see her in the uniform outside of just the fact that she wears it when she goes to school yeah and when she's out of school she's not wearing it in the show either so most of the action in the show takes place with her in the bikini that's her iconic outfit okay. that's her that's what she wears all yeah. the time. Whereas Aiko is always pretty much in that. Yeah. I mean, they, there it, was that scene where they were out of it. And yeah, they were they, like palling around the town. Yeah, I really there, liked that too. That, that was scene, fun. And this is kind of like, and it's kind of like Aiko kind of establishes this because this becomes iconic to Aiko to the point that like in the, in the second and third movie, she doesn't wear it at all. She doesn't wear the, the, the sailor suit? No. It's not what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Weird. And and but and I there was that reaction to it because in the fourth ep movie she puts it back on. Oh, okay. Even though and there's kind of like begrudgingly, like all right, I, you know, I maybe from the creators, but there's <laughs> like, there's this thing here that and it's kind of an undercurrent that if you were familiar with Japanese culture, you might catch more readily. Okay. And he didn't quite explain this in the commentary track but it's kind of like something i've pieced together over the years is that what is going on there is Aiko's a transfer student Aiko and seiko are transferring into this new school this is true yes and if you'll notice they're the only two that wear that uniform that's sailor uniform that's right yeah. everyone else wears this kind of much more uh pleated like yeah yeah a formal brown color to their uniforms and that's because their Aiko and Siko are still wearing their old school uniforms from their previous school, and they've transferred in, and they don't have the new school's uniforms. Yet. Oh, okay. And what you'll see if you pay attention at the end when Aiko's getting dressed at the very end of the movie, she's putting on that brown uniform. Oh, okay. She now has that new school, and Siko has the new uniform. Like they were just waiting to get their uniforms. Oh, that's cool. And so from then on out, they're wearing that brown uniform. So in, in, in the second and third movie. Yeah. And even uh, in the fourth one, when okay. they're in school, they're wearing that brown one because that's uh, what their uniform is in, in anymore. And so... Oh, that's cool. So that's kind of the story. And it's kind of like it just made them stand out visually for that first yeah, movie yeah. and it served its role. And then they just kind of left it. And then, it, But it became so iconic to the character that they had to put her back in it in the fourth film. <laughs> that in the... that for this final showdown in the fourth film, they put her back in that costume huh. just because it's so iconic. Yeah. To her. I feel like, like is she in the, the sailor thing in the posters of the other ones? I feel no, like she's no, in she like, isn't. No. Okay. It she's feels like she's always in like more civilian clothes, like wow. the, the normal uh, around the town kind of clothes. Okay. She actually doesn't wear the uniform much, uh, even the brown uniform too much. Cause a lot of the huh. later episodes, like later episodes or move films. Yeah. yeah. Like that direct video things i'm never sure how to call them any like but 
she's often just out around just wearing casual clothes that aren't uniforms or anything. Huh. So she wears different clothes in every single It just uh, seems film. like all I have ever seen her in is that, yeah, that it's, uh, this sailor suit. But I guess maybe just because it's so striking that exactly. it's what I remember. And, and that Aiko kind of establishes that as this emblematic, iconic thing. And there's so many other anime that then follow suit. And okay. take this idea because of that and are, are taking ideas from Project Aiko, just like Aiko took all of its ideas from yeah, everywhere right. else. And so everything else, like Nuku Nuku is a big one that Ooh, does Nuku that. Nuku Nuku. Yeah, oh, that's not even its, <laughs> its proper title. It's all-purpose cultural cat girl Nuku Nuku. Ooh, yes. <laughs> that's that one's one hell uh, of a title there. Yeah, that's, that's one of my favorites from, uh, <laughs> I guess, not childhood, teenagehood, whatever. Yeah. Youth. Youth. Uh, one of one of my old favorites that perhaps does not deserve to be as loved as I love it, but it's ah, very you know it, it, it's just one that one I of love those anyway. First things that you enjoyed at the right. time, right? Yeah. One of one of my early anime experiences, which yeah. is also about a redheaded girl in the blue and white school there sailor outfit kicking ass, and <laughs> you know that suddenly became a thing. Um, yeah, I kind of wonder how much Sailor Moon would have existed without Project Aiko. In terms she's of, in a, like, a little thing like this, too. Yeah, and Sailor Moon certainly popularized it and and spread it beyond what even Project Aiko had done and turned it into a thing. Yeah. But I think Project Aiko laid the groundwork for that. And I, 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 I seriously wonder how much Sailor Moon would have been what it was yeah. if Project Aiko hadn't established that Sailor uniform as this standard of... Uh, schoolgirl yeah, anime. That's cool. And that's like I like when you can, you know, piece that kind of stuff together in history of like, oh, this led to that and Yeah. You yeah know, maybe. Yeah, I mean Sailor Moon itself being a huge influence on right. everything around it, it being the one to introduce the mini skirt as the standard of skirts for anime. Like okay. anything prior to to Sailor Moon you'll see like the schoolgirls, and it'll be like Project Aiko. They've gotten the knee-length skirts because yeah. that's what people actually wear. Sailor Moon comes out, and they actually wear the knee-length skirts, but when they turn into their superhero forms, they're suddenly wearing mini skirts. Oh, uh, okay. And that suddenly became the standard for two main reasons. One, perverts. Right, and, right. You know, <laughs> obviously. And two being that it's way easier to animate a miniskirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. They don't you, have you to. You don't have to worry about it, yeah, it doesn't flowing have to in the twirl breeze. around it or anything. Yeah, it's just, you just, it, it's so much simpler to well, animate that, that they're just like, yeah. it's cheaper and sex appeal. Yeah. Two great right. things that go great together, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then sell some anime. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and now you are very, it's very very rare to see an anime where the girls wear longer skirts than huh. mini skirts even as, as the school uniform I'm and to usually watch out for them, when yeah. it's done it's done in a very specific way that evokes the older style like it's specifically calling back okay to this other style and maybe not even that older style of anime but i think i think of it kind of specifically calling back to the sukaban what i think of as the sukaban style of it where yeah. you have the the darker, uh, less cheerful schoolgirl who is more of the gang member or the right, okay, the, or more depressed or whatever, they tend to get the longer skirts, and so it tends to just be this stylistic choice of characterization rather than huh. any just realistically representing the actual uniforms that they wear in Japan. Yeah, because I doubt the actual 
uniforms of schoolgirls in Japan have transitioned to all miniskirts. No, no, so I somehow all. doubt that. No, I think they're <laughs> they're probably still regulated to be knee length. I, I would, would imagine. Guess. Yeah, I, I think that's what that's actually kind of where what I think of as the sukaban style comes from is, uh. at least I think. Um, this is more of me speculating, but yeah. I think it's pretty good speculation of it was kind of a rebellion against the mandatory uniform. That, oh, well, I can't wear the skirt shorter than knee length, but I can wear them longer. Yeah. And so everybody else is running around with knee length and they're going to wear them calf length just to be rebellious against okay. it. And it's like, yeah. like Japan, the only place where the rebellious <laughs> girls are the ones who show off less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, what the hell? <laughs> but... <laughs> But that's kind of the the concept of the Sukaban is that they're going to is that they're this rebellious, angrier, uh, yeah, okay, gang, gang membery kind of yeah. uh, thing, and they tend to usually be portrayed with that darker uniform because they're darker, yeah, figures. And, <laughs> and I guess one of the one of the quicker ways to see it might be um, the game Project Justice. I don't know if you've it was on the Dreamcast. yeah Dreamcast, yeah. One of the girls in that is clearly like a send-up of that that sukaban style okay where she's got this very long she's in a sailor u- but uniform but it's that dark sailor uniform with a very long skirt huh. i'll have to and look at she's, that but she and then she's got like this mask though which is another tr- uh thing of the sukaban uh as oh, gang okay. members would wear this the mask to disguise themselves like a surgical mask crime. yeah kind of like a surgical mask is what they'd wear a lot just to kind of disguise their face i think when they were doing crime so you couldn't ID okay them. And then and she's got like this freaking chain whip that she'll just beat people <laughs> down with. She she's a wow. fun character from that game. But if you uh, I don't remember her, I mean I played a lot of that game. I have it somewhere oh, yeah. around the house here. Yeah, it's uh one one of Capcom's better fighting games. Yeah, I, I remember thought. enjoying it quite a bit on yeah, the Dreamcast. It a, it's a fun one. But yeah, she was she was uh, definitely a send up of that okay. Sukabon trend that was from I guess the seventies or whatever. It was kind of a, a throwback to that. Yeah, okay. Bringing back that style as a character in the game, just to have fun with it. Because yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, I mean, you make a game about high school kids beating each other up. You have to have right. a Sukabon in there. Throw so. in the, the the main archetypes. Of yeah, archetypes. Even if it's not? an older, no longer really used archetype, it's right. Still but good it's, to throw it in there. You know. It's uh, people in Japan will be like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, it's a it's a good callback. So. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, Project Taco just ties into freaking everything. It, apparently, it does. <laughs> yeah, you know, being all sorts of fun. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, so I guess the the final parts of the movie they uh, were in a rush and and they didn't even have it animated for the sound department to. Uh, so the the okay. sound department was making the sound effects for scenes that hadn't even been animated yet. And wow! <laughs> they they were like staying up all like this. You were kind of reminding me of this when you were talking about the Shaw Studio being open twenty four. Yeah. Like the last like few days of production with Project Echo, it was twenty four. Like oh, they, man. They, they didn't sleep for several days. They were just working <laughs> nonstop, and it, like it hit a point where they were just like just shit every single shot just here you do this shot you do this shot do this shot. just like oh, man. no organization at all just like freaking get it done and yeah just it's nuts he's like gotta hit this deadline yeah they were like any anime they were yeah. running over budget and over uh deadline past deadline well they just been sitting around having fun having a party <laughs> oh yeah let's just draw whatever we want <laughs> and then the you know guy comes in he's like hey you got the rip movie ready we need it next week and, oh shit <laughs> all right 
I guess we're staying up. <laughs> yeah, it's like he, he was talking about it. Like he was like, I don't know how I've pulled all this crap off. He's like, it's just <laughs> I could never do that any again. Right, but they did it, and, yeah, and they, they they got it and you know, launched all their careers. And yeah, it, changed the industry. It, they kind of did, <laughs> yeah, because this was. This was one of the first theatrical films that was not an adaptation of a manga or a book or something. Okay, it's just completely. Yeah, I mean, and not the first, new. as in, because I think the first anime ever made, period, was an original, or at least first theatrical anime was yeah. uh, an original idea anyway. But at, by that time, by the early 80s, it had been so entrenched in the studios and the producers and stuff that you just, you don't make an anime that wasn't based off of something else. Yeah. Like there's, I mean, there's always this cost analysis of is it going to make back the money we put into it? Because there's got to at least do that, right? So you need at least a certain amount of audience, and if you're adapting something, you've at least got the original audience. You've, yeah. You know, if you're adapting a manga, you've at least got the original manga readers who are going to be interested and in watching the movie. So you've, you, you're guaranteeing yourself some. Uh, viewership that right. will hopefully cover the cost. So it was kind of seen like you have to have at least that. Yeah, it's the same reason why like studio Hollywood studios now don't want to make an original movie. Right. They want to exactly. make, you know, something that people are know they're going to go see because right. they have to put so much money in it to, to hit the level of CG that people expect now and mm-hmm. so they're just like, I don't know, we got to make this, you know, yeah. Captain America again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 exactly that same thing, and yeah. you know, anime like any animation is expensive to do. And yeah, I would as, imagine even so. as uh, slipshod and cut corners as anime is compared to other animation styles, which is time consuming. And if you're hand drawing all this stuff, oh, yeah. especially, especially like, back in yeah, the eighties, when you're doing it all on, I mean, you got to draw everything, and you got to you know hand do everything pretty much, right? So it was time intensive. Yeah, it's definitely a big investment and you don't want to have that flop. Right. So there's definitely reasoning for that and good reasoning for that. And it just, yeah, Aiko slipped through the cracks and and then made everybody go, holy shit. And it was followed up a few months later by Ghibli's first film that was a a unique film not based on anything else. Um, which I think is kind of the reason why Miyazaki founded Studio Ghibli and was specifically so that he could do things that he wanted to do rather than... Yeah, instead of make yeah. Animal Treasure Island or whatever. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> Although that is a good movie, I, I yeah, have to say. I no offense, I haven't seen it, but uh, and it's an adaptation. And, yeah, and I mean, he just animated stuff, but I'm just thinking like... If he From, was animating that and wanting to make his own right, thing, you know, right. he like imagine, I don't know that the years line up, but he's just drawing, you know, uh, Long John Silver, the the pig or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and he's thinking about the world of Nausicaa or something, and just thinking yeah. like, fuck, I want to, you know, I got to break out of this. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering. Oddly enough, on Animal Treasure Island, I had I'd heard he was in charge of animating the action scenes, okay. which are like the least Miyazaki-ish scenes oh, weird, that you would weird. think of in it, and they're very exuberant and and uh-huh. bouncy and huh. in, in a way that you don't, just don't think of when you think of Ghibli films. It was kind of, and I I don't know how accurate my info was on that, but I was like, yeah. oh wow, that's interesting. 
Well, maybe but. it was those kinds of experiences where he was directed like hey you do these actions and he's like i don't want to do this <laughs> i gotta get my own place yeah yeah i think like a lot of because in that one he was also like a he wasn't the writer but he was like a creative consultant or something he was coming up with ideas for the story okay and i guess he pretty much created this female character that's in there that was kind of that's kind of his strangely thing, you know? reminiscent of like every uh, protagonist of a Ghibli film like yeah. ever. It was just like, holy crap, this could be Nausicaa or Arietti or like any oh, like cool. any of his yeah. female care like uh, was there Fio in Porco Rosso was it? And, I don't know. I didn't see that one. That's um, one of the ones I haven't seen. Ah, you give that one a, a yeah, watch. yeah. One of these one. one of these days, you know. One that one's an awesome one. It's kind of these things where, like, I love Miyazaki movies, and. I haven't seen that one, so it's like, oh, I, I like knowing that there's something out there right, that's that, that new. Haven't but at the same the time, like, I'll watch it and then just rewatch other ones, and so it's not the big deal. But uh, yeah, one of these days. Yeah, I mean, I'm well, sure you probably have it. So yeah, yeah, I do. I have, I have a DVD of it. And well, there you so, go. Well, one of these days. Yeah, one of these days you will <laughs> you'll have to watch it. And you'll you'll get to see a pig flying. Yeah, I'm excited. In, in World War One <laughs> fighter planes and. It's a very Miyazaki one, thing. Yeah, that one that one is actually a very actiony uh film by uh-huh. Ghibli standards. It's a very action film, a lot of uh, aerial dog fights and stuff. Ooh. So that that one's a fun one. Um yeah, there's there's actually a, a a bit in the commentary track on Eiko where he was talking about Miyazaki okay. and that uh Miyazaki had apparently complained about Project Eiko that it was just like some like he called he was he thought it was too lowbrow and yeah. it wasn't it wasn't artsy enough. He was like it was kind of crap. He apparently had made some remark about it just being like with girls with guns on a flying ship and how silly and strange yeah. it was. And he was like, and then just a little while later, he comes out with like I forget which one it was. It might have been uh, Castle in the Sky or whatever it was. Yeah, it might have been that one. It was like where there were girls with guns on spaceships. It's like that's where I realized he was just jealous. <laughs> jealous, but there is definitely a, a level of of like I don't want to say art because I don't want to disparage Project right. Echo because it's its own thing and it's perfect as it is. But, right. like, there is kind of, like, a, a higher brow, uh, not pretense, but, like, he definitely is going for a different tone and, right. like, style more, of movie. A more, quote-unquote, respectable yeah, sort of movie. Literary is kind of the word I would use, even yeah. though literature is books, but I don't know how it Right, play, right, but, but it is It's like kind of that, that, that feel, though. Yeah. And I don't want to say intellectual because humor is intellectual as well in, a, in its yeah, own capacity. Yeah. And it's, it's like... It is hard to find a word to describe right. that that art house vibe that I guess. Yeah, would... and I don't even know that he is so much in that, but he just definitely you can tell that he has ideas that Yeah, are, he's that got he's a, to ideas and he's got a vision and he's very right. particular about what it is and what he wants to see and and Echo is a lot more chaotic and like yeah. Could, throw a bunch of stuff yeah, out there it's, and, it's more about just having fun yeah than it is about getting a deeper meaning to it right not that they should be compared or anything but just right. just uh 
That's that is interesting though <laughs> that he's like ah this is crap. <laughs> <laughs> but there was there was something else he kept going with this comment that he he was like was Project Echo influential? Like did that give Miyazaki the impetus yeah. to make this other film? And he's talking about and because he, he says that Miyazaki will watch something and create his own uh, take on an idea in okay. response to something else he's already seen. Well, in then the, there you and go. One of the ones he had said was um, Princess Mononoke was yeah. a response to Evangelion. Oh, okay. And Weird. That, Not that I know anything about that. but Right. But, well, <laughs> Evangelion, to uh, just put it shortly, is um, the Book of Revelation as an anime. Okay. It's, it's basically God has decided to end the world and all life, and humanity has gone, oh, shit. And it's turned into a mecha action series where they're fighting the angels that are going to destroy the world because God wants the world destroyed. Cool. And, well, shit, I should watch that. And so Evangelion is a very, very dark anime. It's very uh, apocalyptic. It's very much about just the end of everything. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, hence the conclusion of the series is a movie called The End of Evangelion. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> the, the title. world of explodes at the end. <laughs> the You're end. not far off, I mean. <laughs> it's not that far off from well, it. It's, I mean, it's very apocalyptic. Yeah. I mean, it, just and, given that setup, I don't know where it's going to end other than, yeah, know, than like the apocalypse, total yeah. annihilation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it was. <laughs> and and so he said this is the way Moriyama describes um, this as the counter to that is Princess Mononoke's life-affirming story. In that, okay. And I could, I could see it as soon as he said that. I suddenly just remembered the ending scene of Mononoke where Ashitaka and San are sitting there and they're no longer poisoned by this. And you suddenly realize that the the end of Mononoke, there was this god just going to destroy everything. The entire forest, he's this yeah. giant blob spreading out to annihilate everything. And it ends with him saying that God wants us to live right yeah, now. Like yeah. there's, a, there's a line that's, I'm not getting the line right, but there's a line that Ashitaka says where he's just like, He's telling us to live. Yeah, it's like yeah, this that's is the, cool. the that answer to Evangelion's very apocalyptic vision is, is Miyazaki doing his his. I love it. No, we're not going. The, we're very much. We're more about life and living the yeah. life we have. And so there was there was another one, and I forget what he said. I'll have to look back on this commentary track because I, I want to remember this. Was Whisper of the Heart was something okay. that he created as a response to some other anime he had huh. watched and i can't I wonder, remember yeah, which one it be? was a response to but it kind of like because it was like mononoke with evangelion they're not similar on the surface you don't see them and immediately compare those two right like evangelion is a mecha anime with angels and right, giant right. robots and it's and Mononoke is this fantasy with wolves in the forest. It's like, what the hell? There's no similarity there. Yeah. Except that they're addressing the nature of life and yeah. and that. So it's like it's, it. he's taking this philosophical concept that a series or a show or whatever makes and then using that concept to do a completely different story. And so yeah. it's like that kind of gave me this desire to like completely re-examine uh, Ghibli's films and, and how they would fit yeah, and compare to especially if if that's i wonder if that's like every movie where he he sort of like if that's what um starts him down the path of making a movie because he's always the last few movies he's like all right i'm done 
I'm retired. <laughs> and then he keeps coming back. And then he comes back. Yeah. And so it would make sense if he's just sitting around like, okay, I'm retired. He watches something and then he responds like as an artist, like, no, that's <laughs> it sh- it's gotta be this way. And then he makes right. you know, another movie. Yeah. So so maybe that's what uh, Castle in the Sky was, was yeah. a response to uh, Very, yeah. Maybe not Castle in the Sky. It might have been a different one. Well, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to think of like year-wise. Because I think, I think that might be the one that came out like six months after Aiko. Yeah, I think and that is like 86, 87, something that, like I that. I think that might be their, their, uh, for the Ghibli's first official film that was actually a Ghibli film. Yeah. Nausicaa is not quite a Ghibli yeah film. I remember that being the m- movie that they made before right they, they formed kinda, the studio or right whatever. and it's like they since bought the rights to it so it has become a Ghibli film because yeah. they now own it but it wasn't actually made by Ghibli Ghibli didn't exist at the time right right um I'm trying to remember yeah which was was the actual first one and but yeah it was one of them that, that one sounds about right for girls with guns yeah so. something like that that's cool. Well, I I like I like believing that that's what he's doing. <clears throat> yeah, that yeah, makes it a, interesting. So so now we've tied Project Aiko to yeah, <laughs> Ghibli as right, well right. as Mamoru Oshii. And yeah, it does seem <laughs> like this little camera, you know, this thing just, that's like, connecting. Just, yeah, it goes every and Macross had one of the guys that worked on Macross on it. Had one of the guys who worked in Gainax who made Evangelion as well as a. It does other random weird things. Yeah. And just all sorts of other things. Like the whole whole way through that movie was just lifting off people. Like, oh, the guy who did this scene is, is doing this now. And like, <laughs> it was one of them, the guy that does the fight when Aiko actually fights D with the sword fight. Okay. And he's like, oh, the guy who did this scene, he's like, he doesn't do anime anymore. He does manga. And I'm like, I'm sad. Oh, I wow. wanted to do more manga because he was really awesome at this. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I want him to do more anime. He always, only does manga. Oh. <laughs> like some other guy who like, now does like video game animation. He's like, oh, I wish he would do animation. Yeah, again. Oh. Like, it's just like he kind of left the industry. I'm kind of sad. He does this stuff for video game companies and that is sad though <laughs> like if this this person that's you know really good at what they're doing yeah so they, well i mean they probably doing what he wants to do or whatever yeah and i'm sure they're really good at doing what they're doing and right, whatever they're doing right. over there too so i don't necessarily see it as a loss per se but right um, but yeah so it was it was definitely a very fascinating look now that because the first time i watched that commentary it was like i was a lot younger I wasn't thinking in anything like how I'm thinking of it now. Yeah. So it was like a total different look at right. how did how that's that works. Cool. Well, I mean that's natural. If you're yeah as you age you yeah. take things in different. different. Yeah. So yeah. very glad I watched that commentary track now. Yeah, that's cool. And it was visually it made the film very different because normally I'm reading the subtitles. And this so now it was like I was also watching this without I mean there were subtitles for what the director was saying but not for what the characters were saying so they would yeah. have this conversation and there would just be no subtitles so i'm seeing it more visually so right okay really noticing the gestures that they make even though like i knew they did them but it wasn't like you're able to just about. look at it more yeah. yeah and just be like oh yeah 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 <laughs> you know another way that you could look at it more <laughs> watch it dubbed <laughs> I, I could i could watch it dubbed and that would be yeah <laughs> 
you know, I think the sequels I only ever really saw dubbed, at least the second and third ones, until I got the DVDs of them as oh, an adult. Oh, I was going to say, so. I thought, well, geez, you just have them dubbed for yeah. all this and then, time? And, and eventually when I got the DVDs, that was the first time I saw them subtitled, and it was, like, such a shock. Like, oh, okay. oh, man, like, things are so different here. Wow, yeah, just, yeah. like, some of the jokes that seemed to hit in the dub didn't hit in the Japanese and vice versa. Oh, wow, it was okay. just, like, it was just such a different experience. Yeah, And, and yeah. partially because I was so just and i'm trying to familiar would be the right word there right with, with the dubbed version of it by that point because i'd seen those several times and i'd be like oh i want the subtitle oh, the subtitle is going to be so much better when i watch it i'm like this is so weird watching the subtitled i'm not used to this i don't know what what yeah <laughs> yeah it was kind of like frying my brain there it's like what you see first really kind of sticks in your head it does it definitely does mm-hmm. and like i know with hong kong movies they'll like the dubs, I don't watch the dubs, but sometimes I'll go back and forth just to see. And it's like, they'll change, they'll take out all these details about that are like Asian details or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That to me, like add a lot and, and make it, right, uh, right. you know, like a movie of the culture. <laughs> Whereas yeah. like in the dub, they'll just <laughs> completely disregard all of that. Oh, yeah, and de- just Definitely. You know. And- anime has gotten less so of that because the anime fan base is so dedicated to it and, about and they, it, yeah. they really want this or the original feel to it even yeah. when they're watching the dub so uh, that has been less of an issue in anime but definitely if you go back to like the 90s anime like project Echo or anything from that yeah era, no, I can't you're gonna get that. some massive alterations like yeah. that i'm sure just like the hong kong ones yeah i did watch a little bit of Echo <clears throat> dubbed and i always whenever i watch it dubbed i watch it with the subtitles so i can just you know oh compare and yeah it was just like oh it's just wow <laughs> <laughs> they're saying something like that doesn't even feel the same you know it's, right it's all it's weird yeah there's uh some like some anime would just get completely rewritten almost to the point where you couldn't even tell that that was the same thing. Yeah, no, they do that with Hong Kong stuff too, where they'll like change plots and shit. Yeah, I think there was some point like and to go back to Princess Mononoke. I remember watching. I've watched that one dubbed and subbed. Like I, I first watched that when it came out on DVD, so, and I watched okay. um, dubbed and subbed very close to each other, just like within like a day of each other or something. Wow, it was just like. Because I think it's some. Because I always I wanted to watch it subtitled, but I think it was also being a Ghibli film. It was something that is more, I guess, family friendly or something. But it was something that I actually showed my parents. Okay. And so they of course wanted to watch it dubbed because they're not foreign film, yeah, aficionados or whatever. And it's just all right, fine, I'll just be easier. But and I was curious right. that being a th- that this was a proper product miramax did that or at least that original version. yeah well they went all out for that dub i remember yeah it has a lot of uh, big names, big names in stuff, it yeah. yeah it was they put a lot of effort so i was genuinely curious as to what it was going to be and and definitely better subtitled i will i would say that oh but, yeah. yeah but there's still like some so it was like, and there was definitely some like changes like i think in the subtitled version they actually like reference that they've gotten the guns from china or something okay yeah and like in the English version, it looks like they there's not there's yeah. nothing even remotely like even in reference to it, and it's just like <laughs> I remember probably the worst part was there's a scene where Ashitaka like it's at the end of the movie he like falls into the pool of water, like I think okay. it's like he's fighting against like the the boar god when it goes crazy and starts right, yeah and, like it's knocked into the water and then there's like and in, in the Japanese version he just like he's like oh 
out. He gets back up like, oh, I got to keep fighting. And he just he just keeps going. And in the the English dub version, they have Moro just do this line of dialogue over it where it's just no dialogue at all in the Japanese version. And she just like throws in this line. She's like, are you willing to fight for the woman you love? Or so it was just like, oh, God, they oh, cheesed Jesus. the shit out of that scene. It's just like they just added the cheesiest line ever wow. like as if you couldn't get it. That right, right. Him struggling and like like no that that i don't get that unless i have like somebody doing this cheesy ass line of dialogue to hammer home the fact that he's in love with son well that's that's america it's like really damn it got a handhold everybody yeah i I think there was a bit more with the lepers that it went a little bit more in depth into when aboshi's yeah lady aboshi is like taking care of the lepers and stuff I, i think there was a little more in depth into that that might have been where it was talking about the guns from china instead okay but yeah so it's just things like that will change and yeah definitely that's why one of the reasons why i always go for subtitled is just the way to go you're more likely i mean not that they don't fuck things up with the subtitles from time yeah too but but you're more likely to get a better result yeah and at least a more faithful result if not right i'd rather have it be closer than an american interpretation of a translation because it's not even necessarily that they're straight translating it or anything they're they got a match yeah there's definitely times with the movement and they've got to match the cadence you know so then they'll change a bunch of stuff and i don't know yeah so yeah, so I am curious to you, you what what you thought of the the shift kind of halfway through the movie, just to get back to Project Aiko here, I guess. Okay. Of where you have that first half where they're just it's that cycle I yeah. talked about of running over D, going to school, getting a fight, go back home, do it all again, and then the aliens invade, and there's this this very sudden shift there where. Suddenly, the rest of the movie is basically just one giant action scene. It really is. It really is. And I didn't really think of it so much as a shift as just like, we're doing this now. Like, I don't know. I didn't really think about it. It was just because I like the sci-fi, as we've established. Right. And so they, every once in a while, would pepper in a little bit of that yeah, in just, the first half just this little hint and so i was yeah. excited for that to like explode <laughs> at <laughs> yeah, some point because like, i literally knew, explode in I a lot knew, of ways i knew it was coming mm. and so then when it came i was just like all right let's go <laughs> <laughs> and so i didn't really think of it i mean it is definitely a shift but i it, i was on board i mean i didn't <laughs> it wasn't even a question it was just like yeah yeah. Here we go. And it really was like nonstop <laughs> yeah, it's action. Like, it just was like this entire second half of the movie is yeah. just kaboom. <laughs> like there's yeah, it was, explosions and shit. And yeah, it was awesome. Very, very fun. No complaints from me. I'm 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 also a bit curious of uh what you thought of the Echo and Biko duel that was basically going on during all of that, where because that's kind of where the shift happens, is you have Biko kind of reveals her her bizarre costume. Yeah. And then they stare each other down and they run at each other and it cuts to the space stuff. And then for the rest of the movie, it's just that 
action, but it's that it's that whole duel they fight there where they're actually fighting each other instead of Biko's minions. And just what you thought of that fight, because it's a very, in terms of anime, that's a very intricate martial artsy kind of fight almost. Yeah. And that there's actual choreography going on and that there's attacks and counters and dodges and yeah i don't honestly i didn't think anything like it it just it happened and you watched it (laughs) all of it was just going on and i didn't really i was just like enjoying it and I, i didn't think of it so much as being anything different it was just like wow 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 you know it was just like coming at me um i'm just kind of curious because you're coming at this from a very martial arts yeah and i don't even notice that i noticed that i was just like i was just in this state of like okay cool yeah i was kind of curious how you would would accept that or how much you would think of it compared to say a shaw brothers martial arts stuff yeah i don't even i wouldn't compare I, yeah, I mean they're completely different things. But yeah, I mean I I just honestly I didn't even think about it. I and now I'm curious to watch it again to sort of see um, choreography or whatever. Yeah, but I just, like I just know that the choreography is something you always talk it about. Is, with the it is it is the thing so that I really kind of thinking of like well, what's the choreography going to be in Aiken? What what is he going to think about the <laughs> yeah, how that worked for the when it when it just the shit hits the fan and there's actual choreography to think about. Well, I'll say this um it was it was great <laughs> it was you were enjoying it <laughs> because with the Shaw Brothers stuff and anything else like Hong Kong movies where I kind of have an idea of like how I gauge choreography mm-hmm. and, and intricacy or whatever um that scale <laughs> is it's kind of like when it gets to the higher end where it's really good it's almost to the point where i'm not noticing choreography and i'm not noticing edits like it's just seamless mm-hmm. and it's hard to explain but like you can notice bad choreography really like really instantly it's like oh god that's fucking awful (laughs) and you can see like like um where a guy punches but the choreography is shitty so the guy reacts too early or too late Mm -hmm. and the camera work is shitty because it's a a fucking dead on angle to where you see that the guy's fist is a foot away from the (laughs) other guy and like so you see all that like oh these guys don't know what the fuck they're doing Mm -hmm. whereas when it's it's like fucking dope like drunken master or something like that Mm -hmm. i'm literally just like yeah oh that oh shit (laughs) and like i'm like laughing when it's really like when they step it up or something really good and it's just I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like this feeling that I get where it's like, oh man, that was that was fantastic. And so when I watched <laughs> the Echo thing, it was just I had this feeling of just enjoying it and I didn't notice anything. And part of that is that I don't like the things that I would notice as bad shouldn't necessarily be there because it is animation. Right. And they are like they're not yeah. gonna draw like the fist not connecting, right? They're, they're, you know, <laughs> they're always that that issue is never mean, gonna occur. Right? That'd be some pretty shitty 
<laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> yeah. Like three seconds later from a foot away. So, so like those things are never going to be there. Right. Um, but there still could be like bad fighting or whatever. Yeah, and it so could be poor editing and yeah, no, pacing. and I and I didn't honestly notice any of that. I was just I was just like enjoying it. <laughs> now I want to watch it again and really like get critical on it <laughs> and come back next time with more. But yeah, that that one in the the D fight with the sword, the fencing match. Yeah, I mean was... it was all good. I I had no complaints. I just was a happy camper. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh guess maybe I should just bring up one of the the jokes that had to be explained in the commentary because nobody ever got it. it was, okay. um when Aiko busts into the laundry room. All right. And like she busts down the door and it's just full of dirty underwear. Yeah, I I do remember that, yeah. And, and it was like that's that's a joke that nobody ever understands that never gets properly okay. explained that that these uh the the aliens have been searching for the princess for the past sixteen years, okay. nonstop. So they've they've never stopped to do their laundry. So it's sixteen years <laughs> worth of laundry just built up, and they've just been hurling just it into that room. In there. <laughs> and she just busts into it like, oh god! But the- <laughs> like that yeah. was the idea. That's the that idea just, behind it. Okay, just didn't get uh, properly. Yeah, I don't conveyed. know how you would convey that. Yeah, yeah like- I don't know how that you would get that from. The visual, but visually, I enjoyed it. It was funny, <laughs> just to like, you know, it's just a room full of underwear. <laughs> yeah, I. One of the things I like the most about it about that scene is that it's like it starts off. She kicks out down this gigantic metal like bulkhead door, like this yeah. freaking massive uh wall that she just knocks down and then she starts hammering on this door and this door seems even more because she just like kicked down that other door that's huge and yeah and this one's like putting up a fight like she can't get this thing open and she finally pounds it open and it's just some freaking dirty laundry like like why the hell was that locked up so securely i don't know because this the smell keeps you know 16 years of smell just they gotta keep locking it up tighter and tighter yeah gotta keep that shit out of it i guess that's Uh, funny yeah there's um oh and there's this i actually thought of this at some point that this is kind of similar not similar, but there's it kind of uses the same joke in a way that um, Spaceballs uses with okay. the spaceship that in the, in the opening of Spaceballs, it just keeps going and yeah, going yeah, and going. Yeah. And it's kind of like the alien spaceship was kind of that joke at the same time. Like it just you never see the ship until it like, yeah. shows up at the end. And then <laughs> at the true. end, it's like, oh, my God, it's like this six mile long ship. You're like, holy <laughs> like it just and it's like you know they make these references it to it being big but it's yeah. like they never really show it off and like the first time you see it you just see the the tiny little prow and it just keeps going and going it's like that space balls it just <laughs> it keeps fucking going you never see the end of it it's just like goddamn <laughs> yeah that's true and they mentioned that the the i don't know if we want to spoil things but it's kind of late now but. <laughs> But they mentioned that the the city, like that, they're like part the spire in the, in oh, the middle yeah, of the yeah, city yeah. is like part of an old ship or something. Right, right. Um, and so they were talking about the the oh, it was like a fifty mile radius mm-hmm. that of the destruction. So I just thought like, oh well, 
you know, this is a big ship like this other big ship. Right. You know, that's all. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's a. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, all sorts of fun, crazy stuff. Yeah. And no, I want to watch it again at some point because it's especially, you know, you talking about all these things. And so now, you know, I can go in a little more yeah. informed. And oh, sort of wow. looking for things, you know, like I want to look at the blinks. <laughs> yeah, there's these, there's these scenes where she Stuff blinks. Stuff like that. Just like, like the sequels, do you think the sequels are similarly produced where they were just like um, blasting them out whatever they wanted? They're or? definitely like a lower quality production. They're, they definitely don't uh, get that quality of animation that yeah. the first film has for sure. They're, they're a good bit lower in terms of animation quality. Um, I suspect they were probably a bit more coherent in the production phase. Yeah, um, I would imagine so. But like, do you think they had a script? Does it feel like there's a story from beginning? Yeah, to end yeah. And all I think that? there was much more of a script for each of those, and okay. that they were trying to tell a story. Of... So they became what they hated. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. You know, that's, that's probably why the the original is, of course, the best. Yeah, and will probably never be topped at least in my book it will yeah. probably never be topped but um i i will say that the other echo films are enjoyable yeah they're, yeah they're not this level of quality but they're i imagine that they're fun though they, they are fun they definitely have a lot going for them uh it's just they aren't quite the just non-stop yeah like I'm, i constantly have a smile on my face watching this movie like i'm constantly enjoying it constantly yeah. into it there's never a moment where i stop being engaged with it and <laughs> what if there was just one moment <laughs> in the movie where you just like uh, okay i'm back <laughs> just one moment of shit it's like it's ruined i'm never watching it again <laughs> movie is 99 percent good but there's just that one moment <laughs> i don't know uh, what that moment would be but yeah i'm, I'm not sure either <laughs> it's uh but yeah all the fun random parodies like the the movie they're watching is uh when they go out on the town they're watching the movie yeah i liked how they did that with the flicker yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's an actual. That's well, not an actual movie, but it's a, it, that's a parody of Harmageddon. Oh, okay. So that was that was something I never knew for a long time until I reviewed Harmageddon for the site, and I went, "Oh my god, the Project Echo was oh, that's <laughs> like cool. that's the Project Echo scene. Holy crap! That's cool. That's and cool. so it, it that heightened my uh, enjoyment of that scene greatly. Yeah, that, there's probably that kind of stuff throughout the whole the whole thing yeah yeah there's there's a lot of different moments like that that are just parodies of different moments and so much of it that i'm sure is even just going over my head right well that's the fun of it of of exploring anime further right maybe it's, you uh catch a new reference or something yeah yeah that's that's what it was with harmageddon it yeah it's like i was pumped when i saw that scene in harmageddon i'm like oh my god and I was like i love this scene and, and seeing how it worked in harmageddon and, and now i know what the parody actually is where yeah. in harmageddon that scene the kid's walking down the alley he's pissed off he's had a shit day and suddenly this 
freaking alien in body armor walks out and he's just like got a freaking laser. He's like, oh, shit. Like, so Aiko does it with freaking Colonel Sanders walking out. And it's just like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, just. Well, and you have the memory to yeah. remember the scenes and stuff, too. Like, as if, I, a lot of stuff like that, you know, I, I'll i read about it. Like, oh, that was a thing. Oh, I've seen both of those movies, but I don't remember. <laughs> I don't well, know. I, I don't know if that speaks well of my memory or to the fact that I have seen Project Echo like 50 times. And could, yeah, well, that just, too. It's that been too. ground into yeah. my head so much that it's like kind of hard to not remember anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, if they weren't speaking Japanese, I could recite the movie line by line. What if you could recite the Japanese, but you didn't know what it meant? You were just like, <laughs> I know every line of this movie. That, that'd be like that Kids in the Hall <laughs> skit yes. where he... Uh, <laughs> That's probably where that came into my head, because you mentioned that earlier. Uh, <laughs> I... You know, I did, oddly enough, for Nuku Nuku, I did have memorized its theme song in Japanese. Oh, wow. <laughs> like I, I was, back wow. in high school, I could actually sing that theme song, which was... Uh, <laughs> pro- probably couldn't sing it well, mind you, but... Yeah. Especially since it should be sung by a woman, but... <laughs> <laughs> don't think my voice translates well to that, but I, I did have that song memorized because <laughs> I, I was so fond of that anime, but... I don't remember if it was this this movie or if it was a different Japanese movie I watched in the last couple of weeks, but they were counting. <laughs> and you had mentioned the uh, the last time I saw you where you were saying that Nana is seven. Right, right. And when they got to seven, they're like, Nana. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember if it was this one or something else, but I don't know if I've watched anything else that was Japanese it, recently. It might have been this one. Cause I think I, it I was. Think there is a countdown in this one. I think it was. It was when you know, like was after some, the... Some spaceship launches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they were counting down. It's like, ooh, Nana. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that doesn't relate to anything. But yeah, it's 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 often fun when they do the countdown in Japanese, and then they get to zero, and they just say zero, like in the English words. Yeah, just like what the hell, zero. (laughs) (laughs) Like okay, that's weird. They don't have a zero. Don't have Um, a way to say zero. They do. Oddly enough, there's, I think they have several words for zero, actually, but, like, J- Japan has taken a lot from English, even when they have their own native words for yeah. it. Like, I I know um, silver, they've just imported that word. And silver. That, that actually, the way, because so much of the phonetics in silver just does not fit Japanese, so it's okay. actually shiruba. Ooh. <laughs> it's, like it, it's so like not even the same word anymore, but wow, wow. because they don't have the V sound. Okay. Um, and they don't have like the just the way their phonetics works. Like they have to do the wow. she instead of the si. They, uh-huh. they have no short I sound, huh. and they can't do a C. So you'll notice that if you pay attention when they're saying Seiko, whenever they say her name, they're saying Shiko because okay. they, they can't because that syllable in Japanese has to be pronounced that huh. way of she instead of C. They that's neat. So, I wonder how how L's and R's. There's no distinction. Yeah. So there's so silver has all of this shit. <laughs> right, right. It, and you can't really end on a consonant sound. You always kind of have to have a vowel sound. Okay. On, so and. So, so a lot of times if, cool. for English words that end in 
er they'll just drop the r at the okay. end and just huh so it's yeah that's that, neato I'm, I'm i think milk is a word they've taken in so it's like miruku or something <laughs> like just like there's all these different words from english that they've imported in like they have native words for this shit i they like just, it they they like grabbing english words and yeah. you'll definitely see that in more modern anime where they'll just blurt out english words That's at cool. random and after like, yeah okay i have to keep my eyes my ears peeled <laughs> for That's, that uh, it's why there's a lot of weird English uh, titles for anime that make no damn sense. Oh, okay. Is because they just felt like throwing this random English shit in there. Yeah. I guess the simplest one being Bleach. It's <laughs> just an anime called Bleach. Yeah, I, I'm, I've heard of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the more uh, mainstream ones. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, there's just a, a bunch of huh. anime that have just weird titles. Well, now I want to hear a Japanese uh, speaker say silver emulsion. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, now like, I'm oh, how do to, they say that? You know, we have to, I know, Shiruba. Yeah, you got that, but. Emushion? Emushion? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, anybody anybody in Japan want to take a crack at it? <laughs> Send in an audio file. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, we'll definitely get a kick out of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Emushirion or something? Yeah, I, I don't have... Emushirion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe work on it for next some, week. Yeah, yeah I'll, have to, I'll have to work on that <laughs> and uh, <laughs> bring that in for the uh, podcast. Here. Yeah, this is your homework assignment. <laughs> <laughs> get cracking on that. Uh, and and well, even in Project Echo, actually, there's a lot of English with the the music. All yeah, the music <laughs> that music was dope. I gotta say, <laughs> I, yeah. I I really enjoyed I, that. I I love the soundtrack. For Echo. As soon as the movie started and that first song like kicked off, <laughs> I was just like, okay, <laughs> I'm on board like 100. percent I was like, yeah, let's do this. It's the fucking 80s. <laughs> Just like how any regular like '80s movie gets right. me going, it's like, all right, yeah, this is. I mean, this, this this soundtrack is just on my iTunes playlist all yeah, the time. Yeah, it's good. I love it. And it's good stuff. Yeah, awesome soundtrack. The the end song. I love the end credit song. I love the. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, it yeah. really good songs. Yeah, there's actually there was like a making of documentary kind of thing in Japan that's on one of the special features on this DVD, or I think it's on this DVD. Somewhere I've seen this special feature. It's, okay. But it's from Japan. It's like a Japanese special on yeah, how the yeah. film was made and stuff, and it's like talking about the music. And so it goes in and it shows the studio where they're, they're all like Americans or whatever. And so it's got this scene where the guy, I assume, like what is it, Richie Zito and Joey Carbone, those are the yeah. two guys, one of them is going in there. And the, the singers, the... The girls who actually sing the songs come in and they're like, say, you know, they're just they're coming into the studio for the day's work. And they go and like, hi, da, 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 talking and and he just and they, so they do this little hug and kiss on the cheek kind of thing, like this greeting kind of thing. And the Japanese announcer was like, oh, look at that lucky bastard with this pretty girl. He's got all these pretty girls hanging off. It was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's funny. The rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> it's just okay. But it That's kinda, funny. But I also, I think just that body language is not normal in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Who, you know, it's much more formalized. Yeah, it just seemed like less yeah. casual and and physically touching. That makes not sense. As, yeah, uh, common a thing. So. From what I know of. Japan. Yeah, so it was so that's kind of an unusual thing for J- Japanese audience to see or at least was at the time probably yeah. still is but there's a thing like that on my Spirited Away DVD where it's like a mm. a little like 1 hour at the Ghibli studio made for Japanese TV and if you haven't seen it yeah, top to, notch stuff I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I just have to watch Spirited Away again anyway. I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good yeah, one. It's uh it's got so much weird shit in it that it's like, I should really love this film, and yet my memories of it are so vague. And oh, that's like, weird. I, yeah, I, no. I need to check it out. It it for some reason did not glue itself into my brain. Wow, the way really? Other Ghibli films. Have. Oh, it's a fucking dope movie. Yeah, it's kind of that's I'm, like the movie that I usually like. People are oh, I don't like anime or whatever, and it's like, well, watch Spirited Away, and then I've never had anybody say that they didn't like it. Yeah. It's it seems like like a good entry level movie to me. Yeah, I think it probably I mean, is prob- from what I probably remember. any Miyazaki movie, but I feel like that one. I know, I know that one was the first um, Ghibli film I saw in theaters. Yeah, that, that was probably the first Ghibli film that really got a U.S. theatrical release. I wanna, Maybe I say Mononoke got one. It probably did. I'm pretty sure it did, but I'm not positive of that. But I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah, but. Spirited away with like that when Mononoke came out, I don't think I was like super aware of Ghibli at the time. Yeah, and I'd seen Kiki's Delivery Service, but I'd seen like the American version of right, it come right. out years before and stuff. That's and a that good was, one too. Yeah, those Ghibli movies, man, they they're, really they're, they're pretty they much some, all solid. They make they're, some good movies. They're, Ghibli is your the Chengcha of anime. It's yeah, I don't a, know that I've seen a bad Ghibli movie. I don't know. No, I don't think I've seen any that are bad, and there's some that I don't love. But yeah, none of them are bad that I've seen. <clears throat> yeah, they're they're solid. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're you pretty much can't go wrong. Well loved for a reason. Yeah, they're. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, um, wrap it up here. I think so. I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah, I, th- I think we've talked enough about Echo. Yeah, it's good. Watch it's, it. It's, it's great, yeah. <laughs> Just like, is there anything else? I don't know. It's been going for a while. Yeah, I, mean, I, I could blither about more stuff, but... Well, I mean, it's like two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we might as well call it here. Yeah. So, uh, that's the show. If you have uh, feedback, and I always forget to talk about the feedback, but if you got feedback... Uh, send it in if you're a Japanese speaker. Send it in if you're not a Japanese speaker and you'd like to take a crack <laughs> at saying it in uh, silver emulsion in a Japanese uh, pronunciation. Send it in. We, we, we'd love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, this is show project Echo was a good one. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts? Uh, no. <laughs> watch it. It's great. <laughs> Enjoy it. All right. That's enough uh rambling about last thoughts. Um So uh adios. Till next time. 
Signing off. <laughs> that is a very long story. <laughs> to understand, you'd have to be Japanese. Show me, honey. So I put my bang on her. So bad it was.